Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy, uh, sitting right next to me here in the loft, our new recording location, is Jenny. Hello. And uh, 111 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. We're back on our usual night this week. We're COVID-free, officially. We are COVID- Excuse me. We are COVID-free, officially. Um, and what better way to celebrate that than with the elite beat pop of the week? I've got a Gatorade zero. Do I need to open that for you? I got it, but I don't think it's going to make a noise. Could you hear that, Megan? I heard uh, a small crack and also some struggling. So there were sounds. All right. I have, I have my now regular diet Pepsi. I'm excited to bring alcohol back to uh, my side of this podcast, our side of this podcast, in a few months. Oh, I heard that sip. <sighs> Thank you. Well, I'm. I guess here you to didn't say it. you liked it. But. <laughs> I think that that would sound weird. <laughs> I'm holding up the alcohol, and I've got my Woodford Reserved zipper because. Um, you know, it's just an easy drink. Easy to, to go. Here we here we go. And it's always the same bottle and I'm always taking off the same cork. So there's still quite a lot left in that bottle. Well, yeah, it's not like wine. I don't go through it um quite so quickly. But you know, I did get some fun my mom got me some fun bourbon glasses for mm. Christmas. So I feel like a madman. Are those crystal? No, they were affordable. They're blown glass. They're but they beautiful. Look Thank you. I'll tell her you like them. Uh, yeah, I feel like a very fancy uh, old man who should have like yeah. a cigar. That's awesome. Have you seen those bourbon glasses that have like the notch in the side for you to rest your cigar? Yeah. Those are sick. Like, I don't like bourbon or cigars, but those make me wish I did. <laughs> I don't like cigars, but yeah, the the idea of like, look at this, look at this all-in-one thing for rich people. That's how I consider people who drink bourbon and uh, smoke cigars, just rich people. Fair. Let's talk about Chris. Well, first of all, uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Yeah. Um, we're in that, we're in that like between Christmas and New Year's corridor. So let's talk, let's talk about Christmas. Did anybody get anything? Did anybody get any good presents? Andy got me the best present. <laughs> oh, it sanitizes my phone. <laughs> What's it called? Phone soap. It ha- uses like UV yeah. rays, but it's safe. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to. You're not putting you... your face in it, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> it's like a tanning bed for your phone. <laughs> yeah. It is cool. Um, it's pretty big, so you can like you can put your phone in there, case and all. And like I can only put my phone in there because I've got the the Max. But Jenny's regular iPhone Pro, um, she can put her phone in there and her keys at the same mm-hmm. time. Close it up and it like does its thing for ten minutes, and then you take it out. And you know whether it's a placebo effect or not, and you feel like you feel like your uh, your phone's good and clean. It was really good timing. This perfect. Oh yeah, gift. with the COVID. Yeah. Yeah, for for a germaphobe. All the germaphobes out there. 
<laughs> was that your favorite? Uh, was that your favorite uh, Christmas present? Yes. Okay. Cool. I got a I got a new TV for Christmas. That's right. Nice. We, well, that was our we. It's a shared present. Yes. So we got a new TV for the living room. It's sick as hell. We watched uh, the first Avatar on there uh, a couple nights ago, but the, the night before we went and saw the second Avatar, and uh, it looks it looked amazing. It was not in 3D because I can't do that. But um, thank but, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's a big ass TV. Uh, it's it's uh, dynamite looks real good on there. Oh shit! And and let's see what I watched another movie on there. I watched a movie with you. Uh, Megan, uh, World War Z, I watched on there, and that looked really good too. Yeah, yeah. How uh, how how big is it? Did you say 80, 85 inches? Oh my god, is it like the wall of your home? No, I think we can get a hundred up there. <laughs> Dreams. <laughs> In twenty years, when we replace this one, yeah, I think we get a. But we got it mounted. It looks really nice. I. I'm real excited about the mounting. We got a lot of our, well, three of our TVs mounted. We still have one left to mount on a half wall that people seem like, why would you mount this? Yeah. <laughs> to get it out of the way. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't seem to think it's a good idea, the professionals. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could do a hack job on that half wall and be fine. I would just, I just want the, now that the TV stand is gone downstairs, I just want the TV stand gone upstairs as well. It looks <laughs> so much nicer. Eliminate all TV stands from the equation. Yeah. That's fair. Oh, and my in-laws got me um, a couple of comic book encyclopedias, one for DC Comics and one for Marvel Comics. So if I'm ever thinking like, what are the Vision's powers? I can just flip to the V. <laughs> And the Marvel Encyclopedia. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, how about you, Megan? You get anything good other than sweet bourbon glasses? Um, probably the most fun thing. I had a very practical Christmas. So the the most fun thing was the bourbon glasses, and then she got me those because she also got me one month of a bourbon of the month club. So there'll be three bottles coming my way to try, which Ooh. I think is very fun. That's and awesome. Does it come from like multiple like um, distilleries? Yeah, and it's like you know random places that I I have not necessarily heard of. So I, I thought it was I found it online and I was like, oh, this could be a cool gift and also like a good way to like try new things. Um, so she got me one month, and I guess if I like it, I can just continue it. If not, it, it's still like pretty sweet to get three new options to try and have cool like glasses to drink them out of so i'm excited for that um but other than that i got <laughs> i got a drill a power drill so that Ooh, you know what kind of do. uh i i got a ryobi that's Ooh. that's our brand okay. our battery brand of choice in this house we have ryobi tools so <sighs> pretty excited We're an ego family you know, once I've heard they're really good, and it's kind of like once you pick one, you're you're a bit locked in. Yep. But because they not, all use the same batteries. Yeah, I'm not disappointed with my choice, but I've also heard Ego's really good. I looked at their lawnmowers actually when I was when I 
first bought my house and was like, oh, they're very nice. It's a bit pricey for my abilities at the time. Yeah, we're like we're pretty all in on their ecosystem at this point because we've got the we got the mower, we got the leaf blower, and now we've got the snow blower coming. Um, coming. Um, so, nice. but the nice thing is, we didn't have we could we were able to because we have two batteries already from the one from the the mower and one from the snow uh, the leaf blower. We don't have to we didn't have to buy the bundle with the batteries for the snow blower because it it does take two batteries at once to, to oh, power the snowblower but I we have two batteries so so we're good yeah, yeah so we got to save what three hundred dollars or something like that like four wow yeah, yeah those batteries, batteries are expensive, are expensive. Um, i don't think ego makes a uh they don't make small handheld because they only have one battery size and it's like big ass it's heavy thing. yeah i can't oh. do the leaf floor because it's too heavy for me <laughs> it's very convenient yeah. see uh, the drill that I got uses the battery for my leaf, not my leaf blower, my um, weed whacker. Yeah, because I couldn't get the heavy battery one because it was like I tried it at the store and I'm like, I will have shoulder pain by the time yeah. I'm done like trimming the yard. Or, so, or you would have ended up with like really ripped arms. I, probably carpal tunnel and an uneven we, cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um we have a hand-me-down um, weed whacker that's a different brand that has a smaller battery, um and it's still like <clears throat> I I have wrist trouble because of all the the computer work and mm-hmm. uh and it's a little it's a little too hard hard on my wrist, so I can't do that one either. Mm. I can do the lawnmower, but I can't do the weed whacker. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. But yeah, that was like my practical. Um, but also like I really needed a drill because my old one died. And how am I supposed to do home improvements, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I got socks, which as an adult, I'm way more excited for than as a kid. Uh, always love a good pair of socks. And um, a watering can for my plants, my indoor plants. Ooh. I sound like a very exciting person. And that is an accurate view, everyone. Listeners got a plant watering thing watering can. jenny jenny got me like a uh it's like a seven in one um small electronics cleaning kit oh nice it's like it has like little brushes for like airpods and things like that and like in like little ports you know and but it's also got a little hooky thing for uh keyboard key removal if you want to like really go crazy and and clean, oh. really clean out your keyboard. Unlikely destroy your keyboard. <laughs> no, Jenny, they pop off. It's fine. I would. Yeah. I have wanted to give my keyboard like a deep clean because I definitely eat over it and have crumbs yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so cool that you have like the tools to do it. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever use the keyboard clean feature because it just, you know, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> but uh, but I have I have used I've used it a couple of times on my AirPods and it improved the volume um, right away. Just getting some of that buildup out of the way. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. Ugh, jealous. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I can send you the link for the for the little thing if you want it. Hell yeah! I have to get okay. it on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess that's that's I guess that's all the stuff, right? I got some stuff. Did you? I got some other from from my parents. Oh, what'd you get? 
I got it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Bedding and stuff. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. So you are an adult, too, getting these gifts that are like, wow, look how practical it is. Yep. So Sheets. exciting. <laughs> so exciting. Oh, I bought myself um, Witness in 4K because uh, iTunes was having a Harrison Ford sale the, the other day. But it's not a physical copy, right? It's no, hell digital? no. It's just digital. Okay, good. <laughs> we ha- Andy had to spend two days going through his physical media that were living in the TV stands that we are trying to get rid of, get rid of and donate. And uh, I just didn't want more buildup. <laughs> yeah, you have quite a media collection. I'll say I that. do, and they're all in. It's all in binders now. That takes up a lot less space than however many like physical cases you had sitting around. So good for you on uh, on being able to pare things down a little. I was very proud of him. Thank you. It was difficult. I know. <laughs> I came down on his first pass at it and I saw what he was keeping and I was like, those are special. <laughs> wow. The next time I came down, there was hardly anything he was keeping. Yeah, she broke something in me when she mocked me. He had every season of the Big Bang Theory on, like, an individual disc, like, cases. And he was like, I'm like, why Why would you keep all of those cases? Like, obviously, you're not throwing the thing away. But, like, that's... And he's like, well, it'll take up less room. And I was like, I don't think that's true. She was right. <laughs> Ultimately, she was right. The spatial math on that just doesn't work out. I don't think I realized until I like opened them up and started going through them. Like they, when they put that show on Blu-ray, every season is only two discs because you know it's a sitcom, so it's like twenty-two minute episodes. So. Even if it had been ten discs, it still would have taken up <laughs> less in the binder. <laughs> that like the case. That was the th- that was the thing. Like some of those like TV collections I have that were just like okay. Here we here we go. I've got to I've got to like port over forty discs of Northern Exposure to <laughs> to this binder. This is just the Northern Exposure binder, like yeah. just one for that. Yeah. Andy has three four hundred disc binders. I have one one hundred disc binder. And yeah. is yours full? Mine's pretty. Yours is pretty much full. It's pretty much full. Yeah. I have quite a lot of like my my series get a little like. Downton Abbey on Blu-ray takes up a lot of yeah, space. Yeah, and my eight different versions of Pride and Prejudice, you know, like that, that takes up a little bit of space. Yeah. <laughs> no, we we kept those and those are we kept those physical. Oh. Your your Pride and Prejudice collection is intact. <laughs> Thank God. Man. I love that every time a new version of that movie that comes out, and by version I mean like the Colin Firth one with maybe some different bonuses added, it's like, I better pick that up. Better get that. <laughs> Better get that uh, <laughs> new picture. Yep. <laughs> hey, one of one of the times they did like a full remaster, though. That's true. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had like a documentary on like how they digitally remastered it, which yeah. was like interesting to watch too. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think we've done enough Christmas. Yeah, but but you got to see your family. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy and I were stuck here by ourselves. I had planned to make a Christmas lasagna, but Kroger curbside had not provided the onion that I mm. needed to make said lasagna. Thank goodness I had a frozen, like, pot roast in the freezer and, like, threw it in the crock pot. So we had dinner, um, but... Well, that's good. I mean, you, you should have dinner, that, and you can't really order dinner on Christmas. Although, maybe, yeah. from... There might be some I didn't want to do that to anyone. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, some some people don't celebrate Christmas and don't care. So Well, true. That's true. But the roads were still pretty bad. Um, oh, yes. The, the winter storm was a thing, for sure. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, hope everyone had a happy holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we move on. We talk about All Elite Wrestling. New Year's Bash. New Year's Bash. But first we got to talk about uh, AEW Rampage Holiday Bash. Oh. Because that, that happened on Friday. Yeah, oh. their New Year's Bash is going to be tomorrow. Yeah. The Rampage one. Yeah. As we were recording last week, because we recorded on Friday night, I was I did periodically think like, we should have just waited until Saturday so we could just come in this fucking <laughs> rampage. But uh, but we did not. So uh, we soldier on. Uh, they were still in San Antonio because that's where Dynamite was. We open with the three hundred thousand dollar Three Kings Trios Christmas Casino Battle Royale, and in typical AEW fashion, whether you like the Battle Royal or not. At least the Battle Royal had a story. They, their Battle Royals always have stories, and I appreciate that. And I actually really, like, once this got down to it, I really liked this Battle Royal a lot. Um, here are our trios. Uh, we started out with Best Friends and Orange Cassidy, Butcher and Blade and Kip Sabian, and uh, Roosh and uh, Ten. And who was their partner? He was a third masked man who I... Didn't. Oh, was it um, Drillistico or whatever? Yeah, I think so. It was yeah. it was somebody I did not recognize the name of. Yeah. So okay. So the, so we started with three teams, and then like Royal Rumble style, or sorry, Casino Battle Royale style, more uh, teams would come in at intervals, and so we got the Blackpool Combat Club in next, and the Dark Order came in. And uh, Luther and Helico and Serpentico, who are SAP. now the Spanish Announce Project. And uh, and then Mark Sterling brought out Divari, Josh Woods, and Tony Nice. And who was the last in? Was was, that, was they they might have been the last ones in. I can't think of anyone else, but oh, top flight and uh, and uh, and AR. Oh, Fox. yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. So anyway, so those are our teams, and uh, it kind of came down to um, Mox and Claudio and Top Flight and Megan. Were you surprised at the outcome, or did you kind of like did you sense? Did you sense a little magic in the air? 
I was a little surprised, but I was happy about the magic in the air because you know what? Give those those young guys three hundred thousand dollars if that yeah. is in fact the case. They they need the more money more than Moxley and Claudio. It was funny to see Air Fox run back into the ring after afterwards and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> cut too." It's like you didn't do anything. Yeah, because he got eliminated pretty quickly, didn't he? Like he was he was not there for long. Do you think they split it evenly with him? Because I feel like maybe time in the ring is how I would have split that money. I don't know. Number of eliminations. Something like that. But good uh, good for them, you know? And I like that it took both of them to get Claudio out because he is a superhuman and he should be respected as such. Yeah, so, like, once it got down to those four, they did, like, basically did, like, a four-minute mini match against each other and they did lots of great teases and, and eliminations uh, uh, teases and stuff. And, and finally tough, like at the win and it was very exciting and it set up uh, their big tag match on dynamite. Yeah. So yeah. that was good. And also we didn't know this at the time, but it also set up um, an all Atlantic title match for uh, tomorrow's dynamite or tomorrow's rampage. Yep. That's true. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, we get a promo with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. And uh, they're mad at the House of Black. And House of Black appear on the big screen. And Malachi Black is stirring the pot. He's he making Eddie question Ortiz's loyalties. He made me question Ortiz's loyalties. <laughs> They all lingered in the ring for so long, Eddie and Ortiz being like, hey, man, did you know about this? Did you? And then they kept shifting. So, like, one was behind the other. And I'm like, who is going to betray who? But they neither of them did. Not yet. Not yet. Um, that's that, that was a story we did not get any follow-up on on Dynamite this week. No, maybe Rampage again. Maybe this is a Rampage tale. Maybe. Do you know Rampage did, like, a huge rating? For, you know, for Rampage, for at least for recent <laughs> times. I did not know, but that makes me happy because I was worried they were just slowly crashing down to sub 100,000 viewers. And that would be really bad for them. They ended up doing 566,000 viewers. Whoa. And a 0.18. They were fifth on cable for the for fr- last Friday night, which is... I, I can't even... That's like old school rampage numbers back when yeah. when they were good. I don't even know how to distinguish. It was the highest viewership they've had in almost a full year. It was la- it was it was this January that was the last time they reached as high as five sixty six. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. Do you think it's because it was the holiday and there wasn't anything else on TV for people to watch? <laughs> I think that helps. I think that I think that they've been like it's it's almost like they've been like. Loki branding Rampage's Moxley show lately that that I think that helps too. Well, it certainly helped when they Loki branded or not Loki, um, Heike branded it as CM Punk show for yeah, a while for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, you just need a main star on it. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, and what was I going to say? Um, and also I think like you know battle royals are. People like battle royals. They're fun. Yeah, it's a good way to get everybody out there and 
visible to yeah. remind you that they exist. Yeah. Uh, we had a skit with uh, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia where, you know, Daniel is kind of having mentorship forced upon him. And, uh, and then he got hugged. Wait, so Sammy is mentoring? Yeah. Sammy's mentoring. Yeah, yeah. That's the end of this. That's sentence. kind of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of dig the Sammy uh, character, who's like very into being a mentor, and is like hugging Garcia, and and just completely ignoring the fact that Garcia visibly hates <laughs> being stuck with him. So I'm into this. I'm having fun with it. Unrelated. Sammy and Ty bought a house. It's true. It's got where, a nice pool. Where are they located? Florida? I don't know. I can't tell if it's Texas or Florida. I mean, those landscapes look pretty similar. Like, has like some like palm-like looking trees outside, and has like a big like fenced-in pool area. So, it really, could be either of those states. Good for them. Yeah, that sounded really stalkery of me. I just sort of meant I was curious on like where they decided to settle, not like. I mean, Megan, it was pretty stalker of me to try to figure it out, and I couldn't. So, and by figure it out, I mean I just looked at their Instagram photos. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Sammy and Ty, <laughs> speaking of Sammy and Ty, uh, they have been stripped of their Triple uh, A mixed tag team championships. Uh oh. They were. Booked to defend their titles in a triple threat um, last night, which is strange because Ty was in a match on Dynamite last night, so I don't know yeah. what was up with that. But they were they were supposed to be in a triple threat against Lady Shanai and Octagon Junior and Commander and Sexy Star Two at Triple A Noche de Campeones. Um, Conan came out during the show and said that after the couple canceled three times. He had decided to vacate the titles. And, uh... Did they actually cancel three times? Or do you think that was storyline? Uh, let's see. In the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, it was noted that the reason Conan gave for the decision was not the actual one. Mm. Conan said, uh... The two had a list of demands before they would return, so he took the belts from them. Um, instead, the reason they didn't appear is because AEW pulled them from the event. Uh, the re- reason AEW pulled the two from the show is because Mello had a match set for last night's Dynamite. Um, oh, it was because it was originally set to happen before the AAA event. However, Willow Nightingale was sick, so the match was postponed to last night. So basically, like, the AEW match got pushed back a week. And that's their main... Yeah. Th- yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They didn't do anything wrong. AAA is reportedly wanting to put its titles back on members of its active roster due to frustration over outside wrestlers missing appearances, which is, that makes sense. That's probably something you should do. Although it was noted that the one exception is Kenny Omega. It was said that if Omega went back to Mexico, they would likely put their top title back on him. Okay. Well, congrats, Kenny. You're so popular. Yeah, and speak, actually, I should go ahead and mention uh, two AEW wrestlers who were on that show were FTR, and uh, they lost their AAA tag team titles. So I think they're just down to their IWGP titles, which they defend uh, at the Tokyo Dome next week. Oh gosh, so they could be they could be beltless here pretty soon. 
what a what a tragedy. I mean, they were on top of the world, and now it's belt after belt getting taken away. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, Wrestling Inc. had a story uh, on last night's AAA uh, Night of Champions event. FTR defend their AAA tag team titles against the team of Dragon Lee and Drillistico. Lee and Drillistico defeated FTR to win the championship. Um, however, following the match, the championship was vacated upon the announcement of Lee signing with WWE. Uh, so yeah, so a lot, a lot of things, a lot of things going on over in AAA land. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, next up on Rampage, we had Jade Cargill versus Vert Vixen. It has one of the stupidest names in wrestling. It's a video game name, it feels like. Oh, I was about to say, like, when you started to say that sentence, I was thinking, like, oh, what video game is that from? I was thinking, like, is she an Overwatch character or something? But you just meant, like, it sounds like a video game name. Yeah, like, I could see that name being used for a character in, like, Overwatch. Or, like, Fortnite, maybe. One of those team battle things i don't know i'm old i don't know what they're called anymore i don't like to play them because they involve interacting with others on the internet so did you watch this did you watch this on fight um did i no i watched it on the tbs tnt app sorry okay i don't have much to say about this because like it was a four-minute match, and most of it was in picture-in-picture. Picture. No, I did watch it on Fight then, because I saw all of oh, okay. it. It was quick. <laughs> I was... mean, it was... A jade squash? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> Ever seen I one of those? Yeah, I don't really know what to say. She's had, like, 40 of them, so... Um, you know, just that. Vert Vixen was a local, so it was one of those where they brought in a local person to get smashed by Drake. Yeah, I've kind of I'm quickly souring on the the whole Jade thing. I think I think something I think something new needs to happen with it. I think she needs like actual opponents or like a storyline because all her yeah. wins are just one-offs and and a lot of them are like this with local talent, which you know isn't bad necessarily, but if that's what's building up your whole streak, it's not as impressive. No. And uh this will all change, of course, next week when Lil Bow Wow brings in Sasha Banks to to feud with her. So, is that his role? Is that what we're thinking? Is Lil <laughs> I, Bow Wow bringing? Know. Okay, I have no idea. Lil Bow Wow, <laughs> and, and it won't be and it won't be next week because she's going to be in Tokyo next week. But okay. Um, Ruby Soho, for some reason, and this continued on Dynamite, was like very reluctant and maybe a little like even kind of salty about having to team with willow nightingale hmm. yeah which is a mistake because will is awesome yeah she's very enthusiastic yeah um why do you think she was like that it made me think that she's gonna go heal <laughs> you're probably right what it made me think was like i don't have time for all this happy willow dancing i just want to murder ty conti <laughs> or ty mellow sorry yeah it so I think it's either like she's going heel or they're going to do like, like wacky odd couple tag team. And she's going to finally, she's going to be like slowly brought away to brought, you know, brought around to Willow's uh, frivolity and fun. Well, I hope for that one, but you're probably right because you have, you have more 
history with this stuff and experience to compare to. Um, I do think Ruby would probably make a better heel than a frivolous Willow-esque character, but I love Willow, so I don't think she should be mad about teaming with her. I think she should appreciate the help. We have the latest chapter in the Book of Hobbes, where he beat up a guy in a parking lot this time. Yeah. Yeah, he seems really um, just like pissed off all the time as he's going through his old town. What do you think? Uh, what do you think they're gonna do with Will Hobbs here coming up? Anything? Can you can you think of a place for him to kind of fit in now? Uh, I don't know because they're like building him up as this big, scary, like intimidating monster esque dude, which I think he always has been, right? I mean, he's huge and he beats people up, but like they seem to not know what to do with those people because Brian Cage is gone. Lance Archer's gone. Are they just building Hobbs up to be another one of those where they're like, well, it's cool for a minute. And then we don't really know what to do with him. Cause I don't, I don't know where he fits in really like faction wise, if they could stick him with somebody else or if he's going to go off on his own. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like big bill is the flavor of the week as far as that kind of role right now. Anyway. So yeah, that's true. Maybe he'll come in and challenge Big Bill after Big Bill is done with Hook. Or Jungle Boy. Or whichever of the two decide to fight him. Uh, next up, we had the main event of the show. Anthony Bowens and Billy Gunn versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. It is still not clear to me why Max Caster wasn't in this match. And I guess the answer is Lethal and Jarrett needed to get a win over kind of the acclaimed, but not really the acclaimed to justify getting a tag title match down the road. That's what I've determined. Hmm. That makes as much sense as anything is. Are, are we sure that he's not actually hurt? Is he just was actually like held back from this by design? He didn't seem to be hurt. I mean, he was out. He was there doing his rap. He wasn't wearing like anything that would indicate he was hurt. True. He said he was going to send them back to the impact zone. Yeah. Well, he'll have, he didn't really help out with that. I like the burn though. Yeah. I like the match. I thought it was a fun tag team match, but uh, as you would expect, Billy ate the pen because he's the one who can kind of afford to in this situation. And, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked the Battle Royal. And I liked the uh, I liked the tag match at the end. So I'd say successful Rampage. Yeah, I thought so. I think you need to go out of your way to see it, but a good show. Agreed. Okay, Megan, I think that takes us to AEW Dynamite. All right. Well, this week it is for the New Year's Smash. It is... In Denver, Colorado, at the First Bank Center, and we open strong with another Fun- another like super hot crowd. Yeah, oh, really hot crowd. I mean, I would argue they have a lot of stuff on this show to be hot about, but yeah, they were fired up, dude. Um, and we started this show with Brian Danielson taking on Ethan Page, so that's like that's a pretty good 
way to start off. Um, if you remember, Ethan Page is mad at Brian Danielson for his perceived attempt to jump the line in taking on MJF for the AEW World Championship. Ethan Page actually earned the title shot, but Brian Danielson is out there trying to avenge his wrestle dad, William Regal, who MJF betrayed and beat up. Um, and unfortunately for Ethan, he can't get that win. I don't think there's any official, like, thing that says he doesn't, he has to wait to get a title shot, but, like, you know, Danielson is going to go after MJF. He wins, and uh, he gives Ethan the Basaiku knee, and he puts him in a submission, but I think by the time he's in the submission, he's already passed out, so it's it, the match has ended because Ethan Page is unable to compete. They did not uh, call it by name, but that was, in fact, the Regal Stretch. Oh, okay. Well, why didn't they use the name? Because Regal's gone from the company. But he's still kind of the center of this storyline. Yeah, I was like, they still use his name. Well, I don't know. Then I don't know why they they did not they did not use his name last night. They're usually pretty okay with that sort of. I mean, they like talk about WrestleMania, which always makes me uncomfortable because I feel like they're doing something wrong. (laughs) Thanks to WWE training me to be that way. Do you think we're just gonna start getting like a sign? At a certain point in the year, and people start pointing to it. I hope not. I hope not too. <laughs> uh, part of this uh, match was also Stokely Hathaway coming out with uh, Ethan Page, and he's wearing a hat to cover his bald head because Brian Danielson really got under his skin with that insult last week. Apparently, um, MJF is also here. He's up in the luxury box seats, and he says he's found, like, the the hottest woman in Denver, or the only hot woman in Denver to be with him. Um, frankly, to me, she really looked like maybe like an A.J. Lee with too much makeup on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't agree with her assessment there. It was just, it was, like, weird. It's like, okay, MJF. Um, but, yeah. He didn't. He distracted Brian Danielson for like a minute, but that that didn't change the outcome of the match. So Danielson's gonna go after him. Ethan Page presumably will still be mad. Oh well. Stokely was wearing a hat. Yeah, I said that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Big bald, shiny head. I <laughs> I love how mad Stokely is about it. It's like, bro. It was just a stupid throwaway insult. You called him a vegetable man. Like, it's fine. But he didn't call him. Ethan called him a vegetable man. He called him a raggedy bitch. You're <laughs> right. Okay. Which I still love, raggedy bitch. I just. I don't think they made a raggedy bitch shirt on PWTs because I don't think they they let you put swears on t-shirts in that store. But I I, I wish there was one. Me too. It's like somehow it fits as an insult to Daniel. Or Brian Danielson, but it's also something I never would have pictured anybody saying to him. And for that, I love <laughs> they, it. They had that cowboy shit shirt. I think they just like asterisk, asterisk the eye. They could do the same thing with the eye and the bitch. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a thing. I, I would love it. <sighs> All right. So the opening match, which was really good, I will say. I don't want to gloss over the quality there. Um, it was, and like, good for Ethan Page for, you know, 
getting the spot because Miro was too good for it, apparently. Yeah, it's kind of wild to realize that because I think even Paige is is putting his all into it and and doing the best he can with it, and it's working great. Like I think he's very charismatic and really good at being a heel, and I I enjoy him in that role. So, and he also had a very good like quality match with Brian Danielson. So, mm-hmm. enjoyed. Um, but yeah, the opening match is followed up by a couple segments that are going to set up the main event drama of the night. Uh, first we get a video package where Samoa Joe explains that he originally worked with Wardlow only so that he could study him because you need to study your enemies. And he says he was very clear that when he came to AEW, he was going after all the belts and that includes the TNT championship. So that's why he turned on Wardlow, you know, they ain't friends. Gotta get that built. It is. I mean, it's true. That is one of all the belts. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there. And now he's got it. Uh, so after hearing that or seeing that video package, um, we go backstage where Renee is talking to Wardlow about how he's feeling going into tonight's main event, uh, especially after hearing that from Joe and Wardlow says, you know, Joe has a lot of powerful words, but tonight is about powerful actions. And as if Joe was listening, cue him running in and just beating the shit out of Wardlow with a steel pipe, like really, really going after him. He takes out his uh, right knee specifically. So Wardlow's down and medical staff run out to help him. Did you see Renee like sprint out of the way? Yeah. Yeah. She was saving herself. She, and said, that she said on Twitter that she outfit. she said on Twitter that she ran track in high school, so she was prepared. Mm. <laughs> oh my I god, think, that outfit! Yeah, it was like she was really leaning into that New Year's champagne bottle look. It was very sparkly. Yes, very sparkly. Yeah, I feel like she just also has a lot of experience, uh, especially in the WWE era era of like. Her interviews constantly got interrupted by people trying to kill each other. So she has to have a knack for that, for making the escape. <sighs> but yeah, so there's a commercial break. And in that time, Renee is able to go to the medical area. So when we come back, she's there talking to Adam Page to check on his status. And he snaps at her. Of course she'd want to know because, you know, she's Mox's wife. Um I love, that was a nice touch. And he, and he like kind of immediately apologized for it too. Yeah, he he's he turned around right away and was like, "Sorry, that was rude of me." Um, you know, he's obviously, yeah, he's a good boy, and he and he says he's frustrated because he doesn't have an update for her because things are kind of week to week at this point as far as his clearance status, and um, you know, he just thinks things aren't going well. But the doctor who was there. Let's him know that he's been following the concussion protocol well and he's taking care of himself. So if he could just stop going after Moxley in like two-ish weeks or so, he'd probably be ready. And so Adam does some quick math in his head and is like, two weeks, that's when we're in L.A. And then he sort of, with that information, resolves like, okay, I'm going to be ready. (laughs) And and he, he, he is surrounded by the Dark Order too. So he's just like, yeah, guys, let's do this. Like, Continue checking me for concussion stuff. 
what if, spoiler alert, what if <laughs> L.A. is Moxley versus Hangman, grudge match, Elite versus Death Triangle, Escalera de la Muerte, and Britt and Jamie versus Soraya and Mercedes. Good lord, that would be packed to the brim. I feel like the biggest she dynamite be back ever. From Japan by then? Yeah. Her mat her her appearance in Japan is the fourth. And that dynamite is the eleventh. Oh, okay. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Oof. I really hope that it's her. They have completely stopped talking about it. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope it's her too. Sometimes I feel like Tony Khan takes these things down to the wire as far as signing people. So who knows? But I really do hope she shows up. What do you mean by they? Like they, they stop talking about they, the who, match. Who is they? All Elite Wrestling. Okay. Stop talking about that. Yeah. Jamie Hader, Britt. Sorry, uh, match. Mystery, mystery partner match. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. But so Jamie has a match on the fourth, right? So you think that they would bring up something about because Brit's her friend. I think they tie that in. Something that I've heard suggested is that maybe. New Japan has kind of first dibs on whatever they're doing that day. And so maybe since Wrestle Kingdom is going to be like in America, it'll be like Wednesday morning. Oh. Like at that point, she'll have already appeared there. So then you can do your promotion of Hmm. whatever's going down the next week. And also, it's very possible that she like legally like maybe they legally can't promote anything for her until January 1st because of the terms of her release. Hmm. Oh, okay. Because again, like she was, she said she would, she, she said in that one interview or whatever that like, I can't, or that she was telling promoters that she couldn't do any pro wrestling bookings until 2023. Okay. Well, hopefully it's that then. Cause that, that would be great if it's just a matter of legally I can't tell you it's happening. Yeah, it, is weird. It's happening. it is weird that they started the angle and then like dropped it cold though, you know? Yeah. Maybe they got like a legal letter or something. Yeah. Maybe. But they didn't even like they hadn't even you know, they didn't do it. They didn't just say anything. They just said like Soraya, you pick a partner. And she was like, Okay, I will. What's all this then? <laughs> Yeah. Oof. I hope it works out, though. I hope that's what happens, because, man, you got me all hyped for it now. Mm. We I shall see. I think there's, like, I think there's a very good chance at least two of those matches could happen. Well, definitely two of them are happening. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely one of them's happening. Well, the Hangman Moxley thing. I mean, he's clearly already cleared if he's doing... Right, but they haven't announced that match yet. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. But I think you're probably pretty... 
pretty solid on that happening, especially since Hangman was like, hmm, L.A. Hmm. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be good. If it's only those two, I'll take it. But I, I would like the, the three you listed. Mm-hmm. For now, though, on this here show, the next match is Top Flight taking on Moxley and Claudio. And if you remember from Andy's Rampage recap, both members of Top Flight eliminated Claudio to win the $300,000 Three Kings Battle Royal on last week's Rampage. And Moxie Adarius also had a singles match recently, so there's, I guess, some heat there. Um, but lo- logically, I mean, it makes sense. The the veterans are taking on the, the young up-and-comers. And while the Top Flight is... They aren't able to get the win. They are able to put up a very intense fight. And uh, the announced team implied that maybe by doing that, earn the respect of the BCC. Claudio was the one who got the pin on Darius Martin after giving him like one of the most intense uppercuts we've seen from Claudio here at AEW. But also like prior to that, basically knocking him out, like doing a series of moves where Darius wasn't really moving around um so like the implication was it took a lot to to take this young man out yeah for sure yeah and uh really good match (laughs) i liked it a lot more than the moxley darius singles match yes yes i agree yeah uh claudio is such a strong boy and he at one point the crowd demanded the giant swing, and so he tried to get Dante to to swing, and Dante got pulled out by his like out of the ring by his brother, Darius, who then like got caught by Claudio, and so he was swung around, and Dante <laughs> tried to save him, and to get to him, he had to like do like skip it style jumping mm-hmm. over his own brother, which I thought was just so excellent. It was the, the best thing on the show. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> Great. He like did a couple jumps and then knocked Claudio like his grip on Darius loose, but it was just like awesome. So well done. So yeah, great match. Um and you know, I think I Jenny would appreciate the way Excalibur described Claudio's win. He said a champagne shot with a sparkling finish from Claudio Castagnoli. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So far, this show is pretty good, I have to say. I was like, damn, Dynamite, we're going for it. I I really enjoyed this match. This was my favorite of the night. Yeah, very fun. After that match, Renee is back with us, talking to uh, a whole group of people. She's got the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Dan Housen, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford there with her. And apparently, it was Kip who specifically asked for this time to address the best friends. He uh, lets Orange know that because he has eliminated him from the Battle Royal and because, you know, of all the history they have leading up to that point, he thinks that he should get an All-Atlantic Championship title shot. And Trent interrupts him and says, whoa, 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 by your logic, I should get that shot because right after you eliminated Orange, I eliminated you. And Kip looks a little like, what and then orange is like no that's true yeah trent gets the <laughs> shot and, and so like trent goes are you sure man because i feel like trent thought that was 
agree to too quickly. Like you're you're underestimating me, but Orange is like, yeah, yeah, you get the shot. And so they arrange for having a match that that title match on Rampage. And Kip is like, he comes around and he's like, all right, I'm not upset anymore. I'm excited to see how this plays out because he's hoping that the best friends fight and become, I guess, no longer friends. I don't think that's going to happen, but it seems like the way Kip's expecting it to go. So we'll see. Trent. I think Trent has a legit shot. Is it weird? Yeah. To think that? I I don't think he'll win, but, like, he should have a legit shot. Yeah, I think Trent is, like, like, under, under pushed, maybe, is what I I'll agree. say. Yeah, because he seems really talented, but also, like, he just does things in, like, the comedy group. So... There is kind of a, a limit to what he can do, but I think they should give him a shot. <sighs> okay, so after that happens, uh, we're going to get Hook here in the ring. He is facing a man named Balaam Lynx. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this man starts out in the ring, and, you know, that mixed with the fact that it's his AEW debut, says this is not going to be a long match. Um, it is indeed a smash em. Hook takes care of him pretty quickly and makes him tap out using Red Rum. Um, so, you know, done with that. After the match, though, Stokely is back, and he's here with Lee Moriarty and Big Will Morrissey. He's, like, very aggressively walking to the ring. Like, they're all power walking um and hook is like all right whatever he looks ready to go jungle boy though runs out and takes out lee moriarty on the ramp and then this allows morrissey to get in the ring and he and hook face off against each other but it's more like face to chest because (laughs) hook is not tall and morrissey is huge uh but hook doesn't look discouraged by the size difference he actually is he just looks ready to go and he tries to do some move on morrissey maybe he was trying to suplex him i don't know but he manages to lift him up a few inches before morrissey kind of squirms out of his grip and then he he goes to like do a move on hook and jungle boy is here with uh, a two by four i guess he picked up along the way and he starts hitting morrissey to to keep him from getting to hook um and eventually Morrissey rolls out of the ring is like, I'm done with that. And so Jungle Boy and Hook standing tall in the ring, the bad guys sort of doing the back up the ramp deal for now. The Jungle Hook. The the Jungle Hook, yes. Man, this was my favorite thing on the show. I am so excited that Hook is in like a real feud now. This is like I feel like this is the first time. Yeah. Even, even with the thing with him and Action Bronson against 2.0, that was like, it was like one week and it was done, you know? Like, this yeah. is like, a, this is like a, we've had like three weeks of angles now. Yeah. And like the, the, the comedic size difference between him and Morrissey is, I just, I'm excited to see how they throw each other around. When he, when he finally does suplex Morrissey, like, the crowd is going, like, the, the they're going to have to, like, Raise the roof because it's going to blow the lid off the place. <laughs> so true. Whatever. Yeah. I, I wonder. I'm trying to. I'm thinking about like where they're going to be 
in the next few weeks and like where what the right city for that match is. Well, Hook's from New York, right? Where's Morrissey from? I don't know where Morrissey from. Jungle Boy's L.A., so oh, that yeah, could be okay. another... That could be another big match. Los Angeles. That'd be another big match for that dynamite. All right. I'd be into that. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Okay. So uh, while that was happening, I guess uh, backstage, Jericho's there. Uh, Before he speaks, we get a quick video package that runs down the rough couple of weeks Chris Jericho's had. Um, he's gotten beaten by Action Andretti, obviously. And then last week he got rejected by Ricky Starks when he asked him to join the JAS. It's very embarrassing for him. Um, but he's here in person to address Ricky Starks directly. And he's he's just basically bitter. He's like, hey, you turned down the opportunity of a lifetime by rejecting my invite to join the JAS. And I'm going to school your ass on Rampage next week in Seattle. So, uh, yeah, so that's a match that's going to happen next week. Not not this week. Jericho and, and, and Starks is next uh, week on Dynamite in Seattle. Oh, I put Rampage for some. I was like, it can't be tomorrow, but it also, that seems like a really long way to go. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Dynamite. I believe I believe Rampage is actually live next week. That's nice. Because I think they're doing one of those. It's Rampage, baby. And then um, immediately followed by Battle of the Belts. So they're doing like one of those like three hour blocks on on uh, on TNT next Friday night. Oh, so is Rampage going to be live in Seattle or are they moving? Portland, I think. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I will. I'm, I'm interested to see what they throw on that Battle of the Belt show because the track record is not great so far. <laughs> it is not. It is not. That should All be right. Tony Khan's New Year's resolution to to improve the quality of Battle of the Belts. Yeah, because like, really, what what is the point if it's going to be kind of the quality level that it currently is? Seems useless. Mm. Uh, well here's hoping Tony makes that resolution for now on this show Renee is backstage with Swerve and Parker Boudreaux and that guy who is a baseball player with tattoos all over his face whose name we still have yet to learn has not been said on the television once Um, no but we did um, oh god is it like we got we got a name for the the stable though. Um, Mogul affiliates. Mogul affiliates. That's right. Yes. Swerve's promo was funny because he was just like everybody knows Parker, and I'm like, I mean, I mean, I know Parker, but like, does everybody know? Like, does everybody know this guy who's just like in the Divari stable? Like, I don't think so. And then, but then he was like, and this guy, you will just have to wait to hear about this guy. It's like, what the fuck? I was like, why? <laughs> his story cannot be that long. Like, what? just tell me his name at a minimum. He's standing right there. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and also, side note, does that mean the Trustbusters are just done? Because Davari showed up with uh, Mark um, Sterling and his his group. Right. And Parker Boudreaux's here. That's... I don't know. I, I mean... 
we have seen evidence in the past that if you were in a uh, if you were in a dark tier stable, you can be in two at once because JD Drake is a wingman and a, uh, a, a what do you call it? He's also in that tag team with the, the workhorsemen. Uh, oh yeah, yeah you're right. So you're allowed to you're allowed to like kind of do stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I'm not. Conv- I'm never convinced that uh, I'll never be convinced the trustbusters are gone. Okay, that's actually a good point. I, I guess feel too you... bad for Sunny Kiss. <sighs> Man, Sunny Kiss, you gotta get. They gotta I do something Sunny, better with you. I saw Sunny Kiss wrestle last week because I watched uh, Dark Elevation for some reason. <laughs> Did. It... Like, was he presented as like member of group or like? Yeah, just... it was like a it was like a six person tag. Oh, okay. <sighs> I miss Sunny Kiss. Yeah. Never on television. Ugh. Crime. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're right though. Like, who knows who Parker Boudreaux is? And guy who is nameless. Uh, but Swerve seems confident in their abilities because he's like I, I had to let Keith Lee go and I've replaced him with something better in my mogul affiliates here um, Wheeler Yuta of all people interrupts and is like Swerve I don't like the way you do business he says he's cool with all the violence that happened with Swerve he thinks that's great BCC loves it but he's not really into the way Swerve handled like bringing his two helper guys into the mix to get rid of Keith thought that was, you know, kind of shady. Um, so he is like, why don't you and I one-on-one match on rampage? And Swerve's like, sure, whatever. He seems really amused by this Yuta child who, um, came up to him and started some stuff. But we'll see. The next thing we have is the big old match six of seven for the Elite and Death Triangle. They actually cut away from Swerve's interview because there is chaos backstage. And this is the beginning of the Falls Count Anywhere match uh, with these two teams. Um, I think mathematically, we all know that the Elite has to win because to make it three and three and get that, you know, Escalera. Muerto? I don't... The, the latter match. Escalera de la Muerte. Yes, okay. Yes, good. Um. So, naturally, I was like, okay, well, the Elite are going to win. But that did not, you know, quell the excitement of this match. It was very wild. Falls count anywhere. They, they did a lot backstage before moving out into the main area. And, you know, a lot of talented people in this match who are willing to hurt themselves, is what I'll say. But do it with cool high spots and uh, bananas ass moves. So, what a freaking match this was! Mm-hmm. And Kenny Omega is the one who wins it by putting Ray Phoenix through a table with the one winged angel. So, like, it was off the stands, mm-hmm. I, I believe, into a table. But at the same time, Pack had uh, Matt Jackson in the brutalizer in the ring, and Matt Jackson didn't tap until. After the one winged angel pin had gone through, so Pac was pissed. He was really mad. Um, who do you guys think is going to win the ladder match? Ali. You think they're going to get those titles back? Mm hmm. <sighs> we do. 
I've been going back and forth on this. I'm kind of thinking right now, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking elite because I'm thinking they're going to want to do elite versus house of black soon. Hmm. Okay. I, I was going back and forth and I think I'm landing on the elite because they had the titles and then they got taken away from them for uh, reasons, mm-hmm. reasons, reasons unrelated to storylines and, <laughs> and maybe, you know, Death triangle will get another shot later, but they were always the stand in for the elite being gone. Is what that sounds dismissive, but you know, I mean, I think I'll have to hold them for quite a while because they were gone for quite a long time for reasons unrelated to storyline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, I'm are we all going elite then? Is that the leaning? Yeah, I reserve the right to change my mind though. <laughs> You're allowed, I think you only have to lock in picks when it's a pay per view. Right. Okay. Well, it was a hell of a match. Um, there were so many spots. I didn't write them all down because I would have not been watching the match if I did. But uh, there was a point where Matt did the Northern Light suplexes down the ramp. That was reminiscent to me of uh, Stampede, <laughs> Stadium Stampede. Yeah. Only there was no cutaway because he was actually doing them <laughs> down the ramp. <laughs> that was my favorite spot of the match. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Um, and then Nick did a while he was doing one of them. Nick did like a move like over top of him. Kenny yes. did. Oh, it was Kenny. Was it Kenny? I thought it was Nick. I thought I think Ken, it was Nick. Kenny came and fly. Oh, okay. I think it was Nick because he was clearing out Penta from the pathway, and I think Kenny was over messing with. Uh, right. No, because no, he had both of them. He had all three guys at that. I don't know what Kenny was doing. Maybe he was knocked down. Um, but yeah, that was that was impressive. There was uh, also a dive raided to the outside that he, I think, was so hyped up on that he sort of like, like you know how guys usually catch them and they fall to the ground? He had so much momentum where he like hit the pile of dudes and then continued forward and I, kind of like almost rolled because he was moving so fast. It's very good. Um, I want to show you guys, um, I just... A gif of uh, from the Triple A show last night of Vikingo doing the coolest poison run I've ever seen. Jenny, I'll just show you on my phone here, so you don't have to click. Holy shit, that was awesome! Okay, so okay, that's uh, this man does like a like a. What like a front flip into a poison rana? He did like he did like a jumping backwards four fifty splash into a poison rana. So he like had to like reverse his momentum because he did like a forward flip and then had to do a backwards. Yeah. What's a poison rana? When it's a reverse hurricane rana. When when you're like Kenny does it. And like it's you do a hurricane rana backwards, but like your opponent's facing away from you instead of facing you. Okay, that is some talented shit. Go for you. 
Yeah. So anyway, so so uh, some you know this was shared all over Twitter, and uh, the reason I wrote it myself is now is because uh, some guy just said like this is not professional wrestling, it's gymnastics, and then uh, Trent said, brother. We pull on each other's arms to send guys running into ropes, and then they fucking bounce back at us running full speed. Nothing matters. Go outside, get a dog or something. XOXO, <laughs> Greg, USA, 2K22. <laughs> I love Trent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly reminded every time I, every time there's a big AAA show and I see gifts of Vikingo that, like, how badly we need to have him in the United States doing stuff. Oh yeah. Get him over here. That was cool. I, mm-hmm. I've never heard of this man, but I'm convinced. Get him here. He does like, he does like really crazy dives too. Yeah. I'm just like, now I'm picturing like, get him here and put him up against any of these six men in any combination, yeah. please be great. Ah. I love to see him against Nick Jackson. Oh yeah. My God. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this uh, this match was pretty cool. Uh, it was a Falls Count Anywhere without blood, which I really loved because yep. God knows it can come out of nowhere, but it didn't. It's very fun to watch and um, super excited for the ladder match that will be happening that we couldn't have predicted because it's seven matches in. <sighs> so after <clears throat> after that wild ride, um. We get a new acclaimed rap, which I don't think they said anything about. You know, usually they kind of hype it up, but uh, I think we just kind of got hit with it this week. And it was about they were making fun of Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. They had like a they had, you know, act not actors, but like other wrestlers, I'm assuming, pretending to be Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal when he was in his macho man phase. And uh I don't know, Andy, what do you think? Where would you rank this um, among the acclaimed rap videos? Okay, like, well, God tier is still two grown men going through a goth phase. Like, I don't think they'll ever top that one. <laughs> Buck hunting was good. There was one... I didn't, I didn't like Trash Day, the one uh, where they're setting up their dumpster match. I didn't really like that one that much. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was another one in there, and I can't... It must have been a swerve and Keith Lee. Sneaky video. swerve. Yeah, yeah. But this I, I thought this was pretty good though. I like this. I liked the um I liked the there was a line about like like how Jay Lethal impersonates other wrestlers and like you're a twenty year veteran, no one ever has, no one has ever impersonated you. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, that's good. Like you were in TNA so long, you got Stockholm syndrome, and man, uh, yeah, it was this nice on nice diss on Karen Jarrett, uh, the former Karen Angle. Um. Yes, <laughs> there was that. I was like, oh damn, I don't know that story, but it seems like a sick burn. I mean, it's not much of a story. I mean, well, no, it is a story, but it's it's pretty straightforward. It's like. You know, Kurt Angle was married to a woman named Karen. She became a character in TNA. They broke up in real life, got divorced, and then she married Jeff Jarrett. 
<laughs> but was there like crossover? I don't think so. Okay. I think well, it was just I think it was just kind of weird. That's fair. Yeah. Not like a Pam type situation. Wow. We do not know what happened. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So uh the raps though. I I could not remember all the lyrics, but the video was entertaining. I I love that they're like Billy Gunn, you have to be in it. And so he just like pulls a hoodie over his head and sort of stands in the background and like bops. Like mm-hmm. that's his rule. <sighs> so that was like a little interlude. After that, we got our women's match of the night. It is Ty Mello and Anna Jay against Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho. Ruby wants to immediately murder Ty from just the, before the match even. So she's really gunning for her. I think Willow is a little more like, whatever, let's just win. <laughs> um, and they have a, a, I thought it was a pretty fun match. Um, they, Big it was same. all, yeah, it was all good until the end where Anna Jay goes to the outside and she gets a metal chair from under the ring and she's going after Willow and neither of them are legal. So this is just all kind of noise um, around what's actually happening in the match, but it distracts Aubrey, the ref, and that allows Ty to actually pull a metal chair out and hit Ruby with it and then get the win on her with the T Ty KO. Sorry. I cannot decide between Ty or Tay apparently. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a cheating win, and I'm sure Ruby's gonna be pissed because uh, this was the move that originally Ty used to break her nose, not on purpose, but you know, it's still a burn. Um, so yeah, the bad the baddies win. The Ty Tay thing is difficult because Ty makes sense for Ty KO, but Tay makes sense for Tay J. <laughs> yeah, so. They just switch based on what they need to do, but then that breaks my brain because I cannot just. It's like yeah. how it used to be pock or pack. I finally right. got to the point where I say pack, but it took so long. <laughs> and they had to say it a lot. It is, yeah, it's weird. Like, I, because I think her name is Tainara. I think that's how you pronounce it. So Ty would be correct. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Oh well, whatever. Yeah, it is. She, uh, her name aside, it was a good match, and you know, by cheating, I'm sure they've ensured that like there will be more of this feud. So this is the second week in a row that Aubrey has allowed like a cheating situation to like win the match. And what's so odd is that she overperforms with her like acting. And makes it seem like she knows that they were cheating, like, after the bell rings. And it's like, then you can call a, what what do they call it? Disqualification. Disqualification at that point. So, like, stop acting, Aubrey. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm getting a little bit annoyed with her of, like, you're clearly acting like you understand what just happened. So stop doing that or we've lost all respect for you. <laughs> where is paul turner to come in here and just like 
throw out these DQs left and right that he was talking about. You know, we're going to crack down. Yeah, that was a speaking of storylines that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> well, and like, it's fine. Like, she clearly, obviously, well, not obviously because of her poor acting, but, you know, we're made to believe <clears throat> that she didn't see it. And that's fine if they get the win. But then after the fact, if then you're acting like you did see it or understand what happened, then why aren't you DQing? I do not know. Jenny, I've always wondered that from the perspective, like, even if the ref didn't see it and didn't act like after the fact they they're like realized what happened, everything's filmed. So like, yeah. wouldn't you just be able to be like, go to the tape? You know, like if you're mad, you got cheated and, and lost uh, just like, can you be like, check the tape? Um, yeah. But this is, I feel like now that's just digging too much into, it's like, you just got to let it ride. You have to like, well- and I get that because there are, like, specific rules about, like, reviewing plays or, you know. In football. Well, I don't think well no, I know. But so I can see how they could, like, come over to wrestling. But this is, like, if you're clearly acting like you know that they were cheating, then why, why, why aren't you DQing it? Like, it's not like you're asking to review a tape or anything like that. Like, you, you're acting as though you saw what happened or have put it together in your mind what happened. So, like... What's the deal? It's too late. They did it. They, they, they got you. You know, it's it's sort of like, ah, damn, you got me this time. <laughs> but then, why do you have Paul Turner overturn it, as though that's an option? It's I'm I'm telling you, it's just because it's it was a story. They had like an idea for one week, and then they dropped it. Yeah. This this kind of shit didn't used to happen. It's true. It did not. I'm really upset. Okay. <laughs> She's losing respect. I am. <laughs> well, Jenny, I'll let you stew with that, those feelings. Because um, I get it. But also, I don't think anything's going to be done about it. Uh, you guys... Do you guys want to go on a road trip to Nashville on Saturday? Oh, sure. No. No? You don't want to go to a New Year's Eve party at the Woolworth Theater hosted by Jackson and Brittany of Vanderpump Rules? No, I fucking do not. (laughs) Okay. All right. I I, I I agreed too quickly. I agreed too quickly. (laughs) We will go stalk their wedding, but not this New Year's party that they're hosting. It's true. This feels like a lot more effort and yeah. a lot more like hangovers. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Next up, Lexi Nair. She's still here. She's still interviewing. I kind of thought Renee would have um, pushed her out of that or at least relegated her to dark an elevation, yep. but but she's here, and she's chasing after the guns, Austin and Colton, as they are leaving the building, midway through Dynamite, and she's like, "Hey guys, like, what are you doing? Dynamite's still happening." What? It's like they're not on it, you know, like they don't have a match. So, uh, it seems like not that odd that they might be piecing out. But they say, "Yeah, we've got reservations that we need to get to." And we're still in party mode after defeating FTR. So she she looks confused. I'm like, 
I think, like, you're allowed to leave. You're allowed to leave the building if you don't have a match. It's fine. Yeah, so they're gone. They're celebrating. Uh, Renee, turns out, is with Ricky Starks, talking to him about, you know, the whole Chris Jericho thing. And, you know, he getting his reaction to Jericho's earlier statements about how he's going to kill him on Rampage. Or on Dynamite, sorry. I wrote down Rampage. It's Dynamite. Uh, and Ricky's like, you know, I'm here to get revenge for Action Andretti because that fireball to the face... That was cheap. And so he's like, I'm going to take Jericho down several notches next week when I defeat him on Dynamite. And he seems confident. He's not scared by Jericho's shit talking earlier in the night. He's he's going to go out there and do it. What do you think? Is he going to win? I think he should. Oh, no. Jenny, you oh, no, haven't done the wrestle math. Can't I can't I can't compute this wrestle math. I think he's gonna lose. <clears throat> I think he's gonna beat him eventually. I think this is the first match, and he's going to lose, and it's gonna be it's gonna be unfair. You think Jericho's gonna cheat then? To gonna use the bat maybe? What was the good insult that he used against Jericho that Jericho repeated? I actually thought it was really funny. Was it like jazz ass? Was oh, it? jazz holes. Jazz holes. <laughs> He's like, I like that one. That was I like good. that. I actually did like that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still like the uh, the uh, divorced dad where he dresses like a single dad on his fifth divorce or something. Yes. Ugh. Good stuff. I hope Ricky wins. I I guess I could see it going either way where, like, this is his first big win. Um, but I guess it does make sense to, like, keep the story going. Because if he wins, Jericho's had such a rough time that it's probably dis- disenchanting for him, disheartening for him. Whereas if he beats Ricky, it gives him a little new life and... Things to brag about the way Jericho does. So. I can see that. Alright. We'll find out next week. Uh, For now, the main event is here. We've got Samoa Joe versus Wardlow. And uh, if you remember, the last time we saw Wardlow, he was getting pretty beat up by a steel pipe. So there was a question about whether he's actually going to be able to attend this match for the TNT Championship. Um, Wardlow's Joe goes out first, and then Wardlow's music hits, but he does not walk out. And Joe gets on the mic and he says, I, your one true king of television, am here, but I don't think Wardlow's going to be because I couldn't find him backstage before the match. And so I started to look for someone to stand in, and I couldn't find anyone. And he says, I even called up the Denver Broncos, and they didn't have anyone to send over, but that's okay because you guys can't handle another L. And I just, I loved it. That was some that was some good local uh, heat that he got. Um, but at this point, Wardlow does hobble out and he is flanked by medical staff who are all trying to tell him this is a bad idea. But nevertheless, he enters this match and he puts up as much of a fight as he can. Like his right knee is all busted. And so Joe focuses on it the whole time. 
Um, at one point during the picture-in-picture picture segment, Doc Sampson is called over to check Wardlow's knee, and <laughs> this group of quote-unquote EMTs run over. They have no equipment with them. They look absolutely terrified to touch Wardlow in any way, as if they might break him. And I'm just like, good job, guys. Way to EMT. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're all like, don't go in there, Wardlow. He goes back in. And um, ultimately, he does lose because he's he's a broken man. And Samoa Joe puts him in a rear naked choke until he passes out. He He refuses to tap, but he does lose. He does lose. It was a good match. They gave Wardlow an out. Um, it can't be over because, A, they gave him an out. It was so unfair. And then, B, what happened What happened after the match? <laughs> after the match, Joe, Wardlow gets up, and there's a moment where Joe looks like he might be like, I respect you secretly. But instead, he hits him in the face with his belt. And knocks Wardlow out, which is like a true true heel move. Good for Joe. And then he goes and finds a toolbox under the ring and gets a pair of scissors out. Uh, Paul Turner, you know, our ref who definitely is all about DQs and rules, he tries to stop him. But Joe just like headbutts him, which I'm sure will result in a fine. But Paul Turner's knocked out. And Joe goes over to Wardlow and he grabs that man bun and he cuts it off. So Wardlow has no hair anymore, um, and he holds it up and is very proud of himself. And then Darby's music hits, and Joe turns and is he looks sort of amused by this and, and waits for him to come out the tunnel. But instead, Darby surprises him from behind and hits him in the back with a skateboard. And this makes Joe, like, flee the ring. And Darby picks up the TNT championship and is like, yeah, I'm coming for you, bitch. And that's how it ends. But Wardlow has no hair. Megan, how do you feel? <sighs> About Wardlow's, uh, like, Samson yeah. hair. Um, I'm a little sad because I think he'll rock like a normal dude cut. But I also thought he looked really good with the long hair. I agree. So that is, uh, in the time since Dynamite aired, it is official for next week in Seattle. Darby Allen challenges Samoa Joe for the TNT title. It's Seattle. That's Darby's hometown. You think he's going to take is. it? I could see him taking it, but that does kind of... I mean, then poor Wardlow is like even more out in the cold, you know? He, he lost his hair. The guy he's feuding with lost the title. Do you think he'd be like, that's okay, I want that TV title because you fancy yourself king and... Maybe. Mm, don't waste him on Ring of Honor. Well, does having an ROH title mean you have to go to Ring of Honor or just means like you have it? I thought they were trying to de-emphasize Ring of Honor on... I mean, they have... They, I mean, they barely talked about Ring of Honor. Well, I know, but... Since the pay-per-view. If they gave it to Wardlow, I think that would be emphasizing it. I guess so, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I think we're going to know a lot more about a lot of things um, after Wrestle Kingdom next week. Do a lot of things hinge on it? I mean, I know... Well, Tony Khan said there's like a lot of 
a lot of honor club stuff hinges on it, I think. Oh, okay. About like things that he can't announce yet. Interesting. About his overly priced <laughs> streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Dollars a month. Guys, I do think I did a little bit more investigation and I do think that Ty and Sammy are living in Florida. Oh, okay. They showed their new <laughs> fridge. They got one of those Samsung fridges that has the like, you know, you can see inside and has the screen and everything. Oh, jealous. And it said 511 on it and it said the story was from four hours ago. So they're in our time zone and oh. Texas would not be in our time zone. Look at you. Good job. Watch out if you're on Instagram. Jenny's here to fucking investigate you. Jenny's coming you. to your ass. She's going to accuse John Silver and Chris Statlander of being in a relationship. <laughs> it was some really flirtatious energy on their stories. Um, yeah, so the one thing I'll say about Darby and uh, Joe is, you know, they did that match a few weeks ago for the TV title, and it was great. Um so I am I'm super up for them doing a rematch. I I, I feel like I, you know if they're going to do it in Seattle, I feel like Darby should win. Yeah, wouldn't it be kind of like a downer if he didn't? And usually AEW gives that sort of you know nice pop to like the, the local guys. guys. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, yeah, unless they have like. I think there have been a couple times when, you know, the hometown person has lost, but it's usually the exception to the rule. Yeah, and usually lose on their birthday in their hometown, like Natalie. (laughs) Right, yeah. They don't punish you for, like, existing. (laughs) It'll be such good heat. (laughs) God. All right, well, that was Dynamite. Good show. Um, So that just leaves the Elite Beat plug of the week. And I will go first this week because I have something in front of mind. I want to plug. I want to plug seeing avatar, the way of water in the Dolby 3d format. If possible, I Jenny and I went yesterday. Uh, as I mentioned before, we watched, we, we watched the first avatar the night before on Disney plus. Um, but we went yesterday to the theater, saw it in the Dolby uh, 3d format at AMC and it was, and I've thought about this for over 24 hours now, because I didn't want to make, you know, I want to make big, bold proclamations, but it was the greatest cinematic experience I've ever had in my life. That's uh, a pretty bold pl- proclamation. Yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted to wait a while before, <laughs> before okay. making it. Okay. Um, so, like, 28 hours feels about right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the most visually stunning movie I think that has ever existed. The, the, the way James Cameron uses uh, not only the three dimensions, but also variable uh, frame rates he played with uh, in the movie. Like it's like, it's a totally different frame rate when you go underwater uh, in that movie, which is super cool because it made everything seem like more like vivid. And it was, it was very like, kind of like it kind of reminded me some of like Gemini man, uh, Megan. Um, oh, yeah. Some of that stuff. But anyway, so like, I, I know you are not a go to theaters person, but I cannot recommend this enough. This is this. This is an experience. How was the 3D as far as like, I saw the first one in 3D at the theater. Yeah. 
And I appreciated that it wasn't so much things like flying at your face as like atmospheric and like that sort of thing. Is it, did he, did he stick with that plan? Cause I like that type of 3d where it's more yeah. like you just feel yeah. like you're in it and not. I think so. Okay. There were a couple things that kind of came out towards you, but most of it was just like layering in like a, like a full body type type of imagery. Yeah, like giving you like depth of field. Yeah, and, thank yeah, you. yeah. Okay, that's good to know. I don't was, love 3D. I don't either. I don't either. But and I think it's because most of the 3D movies that come out are not designed with 3D in mind from the very beginning. There, it's it is like something that unfortunately that Avatar caused because because. <laughs> It, it it used 3D so well and kind of brought the technology back. Um, and then so many other movies just, you know, there was that, spe- there's that period where like, it seemed like every movie was coming out as like with a 3D version in theaters. Yeah, I, I remember specifically just like if you watched it on Blu-ray or, or DVD or whatever at the time, you could tell it was made to be in 3D because there'd be awkward moments where like things wouldn't, like you're not watching in 3D, but like the camera shot would be like, well, that's weird that that one thing is like very close to the camera, or like you know, yeah. like ugh, that was a horrible time for movies. Yeah, no, this see, it, I think like intentionality is the the main takeaway I have with the way Cameron uses 3D. It's like this is his vision. This is you know, it took him 13 years <laughs> between movies to get this one made. I think this is a better movie um, than the first one narratively. And obviously like the technology's come a long way too. Uh, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, her performance is like unbelievable to me. I thought, I thought she was so great in this. Um, and uh, you know, and it reminded me that Sam Worthington exists. So that's <laughs> you need your like decade, every decade to remember that for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, if Avatar, you know, like, uh, yeah, anyway. Anyway, so, like, my big recommendation this week, my big plug of the week, Avatar The Way of Water, um, and specifically in the uh, Dolby 3D format. Cool. It was a beautiful movie. I I really particularly loved all the underwater stuff. It was really beautifully shot. I hate wearing those 3D glasses, though, in the theater. Like, so, I, I... I got what he was doing. It was um, the best 3D experience I've ever had. But I I just wish they could figure out 3D without having to wear their glasses. <laughs> like, shoot it a different way. <laughs> Don't you have... Um, do you still have the... the... They're a different type of 3D glasses. Oh, because I remember you ordered 3D glasses for us when we went to the Marvel like marathon... And they were all in 3D. And again, I liked the way that was done because a lot of it was just like depth of field. But so it's a different 3D. So you have to use the theater glasses. I forgot about that. We did. I don't know where those are. I don't think they made it to the new house. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think those were like for the real D format. And this is like Dolby's is a different. It's like it's a it's a different technology. My main issue is that like they're smudged. They're always smudged. And so it's hard to see out of them. And I tried to like clean them with my shirt and then it just 
smudge them more. <laughs> oh, it's probably so, just like popcorn butter, which is yeah. you're not going to clean that with your shirt. Yeah, you're not. So that 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 was my only <clears throat> my only issue. Like I, it was beautiful, and I understood why we were seeing it in 3D. I just wish I didn't have to wear the glasses to experience it. And you had never seen the first Avatar until the night before, right? So. So that was a beautiful movie, too. And I enjoyed not having to wear glasses for that one. <laughs> yeah. No, you, know uh, all, you know all about Avatar now. Yeah. My, the, it was a really long movie. Could have been longer. Could have been shorter. I could have, I could have, I could have done another 30 minutes. I how, could how not long? have. The number of times I had to get up to pee was less than Black Panther, but still quite a few. What, uh, what was the runtime? Are we about talking Marvel? About 3.8. Okay. Plus, so we're like talking like 25, 30 minutes of commercials. We're talking yeah. about like Endgame level. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a little, a little longer than Endgame. Yeah. yeah, we were in that theater for like four hours. Okay. I I agree All with you, Jenny. I, I love the at-home experience because you can pause and use your own bathroom. Yes. And then come back to it. But um um also sorry to harp on Avatar, but like uh, plot wise, the first one was basically Pocahontas. So this yes. one, I assume, is like more original. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's it hits a lot of the beats of the first movie again, but like, does it like it's? I I like how they did it actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What? And so we watched the video, Jenny Nicholson uh, Avatar theme park video, and she said like, "Oh, the movies just." Dancing with Wolves, and for anyone who hasn't seen Dances with Wolves, is just Pocahontas. <laughs> so that was funny that you just said that. Yeah, sorry. I mean, that was that was <laughs> the like the big thing. I think when it came out, and like when I saw it, it was like, yeah, this is just Pocahontas, only with blue alien people instead of Native Americans, which sounds weird, but yeah. Um, okay. Isn't it wild, though, that Zoe Saldana uh, has managed to become, like, a star of three different major science fiction franchises? Yeah. Good for her, though. I mean, geez. She's probably set for life. She wasn't as main of a character in this one. Well, it was a lot of it was about the kids, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Her and Sam Worthington's kids. We're not going to spoil anything. Okay, because I said too much. Well, I mean, already. that's that's all over the promotion. I guess <laughs> Megan hasn't seen any of that. But anyway, yeah, no, Megan. Look, I know you're not going to do it, but like, I, I really I, hope you. I really hope you consider it. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, no, but maybe you know, maybe when it hits the point where like nobody ever is going, like we're like end run of it. Maybe I can. Maybe Emily yeah. will go with me. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Jenny, how about you? How about a plug of the week? I am. Um, or you just want a second Avatar? No, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll. I'll, I'll uh, I rewatched uh, Bridgerton. I really enjoyed that. It was a nice like. The second season. The second season, yeah. yeah. I had. I you said I rewatched the second season. I don't remember rewatching it. So. I thought maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Um. So that I I enjoyed that. It was a nice uh. You don't have to think too much. And there's so much less sex in it. Really appreciate that. Hope that continues for season three. 
They use the HBO method where it's like season one. Here's all the sex and boobs to bring you in. And then once we've got you, yeah, we'll rely on the story. Yeah. So hopefully they continue with that HBO trajectory. Bridgerton on HBO or on On Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Bridgerton on HBO would be so much more full of sex. (laughs) I don't know how much more it could have like that season one. it, It had a lot. They were horny as hell. I liked it. I mean, <laughs> the Duke is hot as hell. So, like, it's uh, it's understandable, but enjoyed. Oh, we also watched that, um, the Freddie Prinze Jr. Netflix Christmas movie, Christmas with You. You know, way better than the Lindsay Lohan one. <laughs> Much Whoa. better than the Lohan one. The Lohan one was great. Very similar to Marry Me. Yes. Had... Really strong Marry Me vibes. Yeah. I don't know how to... Am I? Should I be insulted by that? Because I liked Marry Me so much? I think you would have liked this one. Okay. Yeah, this, this is a solid one. Yeah, yeah. I like. I think we'll put this into the Christmas rotation. Yeah. Um, A little shocking. Um, I hadn't seen Freddie Prince Jr. in like 25 years. So it was a little, little shocking. Oh, no. Was this like um, a Hugh Dancy moment? It was a little bit of a huge dancing moment for me. Age gets us all. Age gets everyone <laughs> except for Pretty Prince Jr.'s wife. <laughs> <laughs> and Zoe Saldana, I think, now that we're talking about it. Yeah. Doesn't Freddie Prince Jr. look like he hasn't he like grayed and he's doesn't he look like like he aged like a fine wine? Like is is that not true? He's, no. He's he's definitely losing no. his hair. Jenny yeah, is shaking he didn't no. age like a fine he's, he's he's hanging on to it as best he can, but it's not. Okay. He, he he aged like um like an old oak tree. <laughs> I truly don't know how to take that, but I guess it means he's uh, sort of losing his hair, but he's trying real hard to hold on to it. <laughs> real wrinkly. Jenny, how old is uh Mr. Prince Jr. at this point? Like well, it's got to be like almost fifty. Wow! Right? I thought he was in his forties. I guess that's why I was so shocked. He's oh, he's forty six. Okay. No, oh, the look on Jenny's face—it's just like, mm. no, thank you, Mister Freddie Prince Jr. Can <sighs> he sent you the picture? It wasn't it just the cover? I've seen the cover. No, it was like his first scene. Like, I, I thought maybe it was a different person. In that oh, scene. he was making a goofy face, though. I know what you're talking about. He made about. a lot of those faces. I okay. don't think that helped. I think if he had just kept his face, like, kind of straight and did less weird face acting, um, you it wouldn't have been so noticeable about the aging. Okay. That movie is called Christmas with You. <laughs> An indictment you can, you can of Freddie Prince Jr. aging. <laughs> back is probably i i'm like i hit a wall and like i am <laughs> getting a lot of wrinkles now but like i know in like you know six seven years it's gonna be people are gonna be like oh so um, i shouldn't say anything. but also like i'm not paid movie star money to maintain any sort of like wrinkle free um super tight look to me so i don't feel as bad We also watched uh, Harry Potter 1 on Christmas Day, as we often do. And then, Andy, because Harry Potter 
doesn't have as strong of a Christmas theme, decided on his pick that he was going to subject me to a Batman movie that was horrifying. It was horrible. Was it Batman 2? Batman Returns? Yes. It was, oh my God. And it's on Christmas Day and it's all about, oh my God, it was just... You know she hates Danny DeVito. Terrible. Yeah, she really, she really didn't like. It. We got like about forty-five minutes into it. She was it not taking on it. Triggered something in my brain to have a bad, to be in a bad mood for a day and a half afterwards. Did you get? Did, did you reach the part where he um, bit the guy's nose off? No. That feels like it would have been a breaking point if you had. <laughs> she. We got to the point where like Catwoman shows up. Michelle Pfeiffer looking hot as hell, and you didn't want to. Well, yeah, of course, but keep watching. There was, there was bad things happening in that movie. Yeah, we watched Elf. Elf's good. Yeah, we watched Elf. Elf on Christmas too. Yeah, nice. Elf is great. Elf, yeah, it's hard to hate Elf. It's just a feel-good, well-behaved movie, as Jenny it likes kinda, to say. It kind of like the. There's that bit near the end with like the the, the chase in the park where I just kind of feel like, all right, let's like, <laughs> can we, can come we on, Santa, through this? Yeah. move it along. <laughs> but other than that, I love it. Yeah, so. it's a good holiday. All right, all right holiday Megan, time. how about you? How about play of the week? <sighs> I have not gotten super deep into anything this week, but I will. I will jump back a couple weeks and give a plug for. Uh, the Woodstock documentary on Netflix, Woodstock 99. I watched that, texted Andy about it. It's a real fucking ride is what I'll say. <laughs> um, I can't say I had any interest in Woodstock going into it, but man, did they pick a stupid lineup for something called Woodstock that was trying to, quote, adhere to the spirit of Woodstock 69. Um Got a lot of angry music in there. Music I listened to during high school, don't get me wrong. We got some corn, we got some Limp Biscuit, we got some uh, Bush, Gavin Rosdale with the body. Um, but can you call that a hippie, you know, Woodstock event? No. But it's fascinating uh, to see what they did. It's like a three episode docuseries. And um, Jewel shows up for like five minutes. I think she's the only <laughs> artist that I would be like, yes, that. That seems correct. Jewel is at Woodstock. Um, it didn't go well for her, though. Did not go well. Oh, no. What happened to Jewel at Woodstock? Oh, the crowds are so mean. And by the time she showed up, they were all uh, whipped into a frenzy. And it was like day was three. All and the angry bands. Well, and it was day three. And they were like hungry, tired, didn't have much water. Um, and then Jewel came out and tried to sing about peace and love. And they were like, fuck that. So she was like, well, I'm going to go now. She left. <laughs> um, was it a fire fest situation where there wasn't food um, and it's not. It wasn't quite fire fest in that they didn't advertise like, hey, it's a bunch of rich Instagram influencers coming. But they like didn't let them bring water in. They had to buy the water and the water cost like 15 bucks. Um, so, you know, people just didn't buy water and then they started to dehydrate and it shit got bad. Um, but Jewel, you know, she tried to sing about peace and love and, and they were not having it. It was too late, Jewel, maybe on day one, but not day three. Um, maybe if she had come out with like, just like a hose, like a, like a, they, uh, 
Yeah. You know, and just like gave everyone a little bit of water. So I feel like they would have would have appreciated that. Yeah. And like uh I think one of the takeaways uh I had was that these people were idiots. Um the Red Hot Chili Peppers closed out Sunday night. And Jenny, we've been to music festivals. You know that Sunday night's the big, like, this is it. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers whipped people up into a frenzy. And then um, they were like, hey, kids, we want to make this big statement about gun violence. So they handed out candles to the crowd. Oh, no. So open flames. <laughs> To a crowd of angry people. And so, surprise, fires started um, by people. People were mad and they started fires. And it's just like, whew, some decisions were made. It's a lot of, it's wild. It's a wild documentary. I, even if you don't really care about that stuff, it's still super interesting. And I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, but also, like, the organizers of Woodstock, whew, they ran over their heads and they made some stupid decisions because of capitalism. Yeah, $15 for a bottle of water certainly seems like a stupid decision. I feel like bringing on like Limp Biscuit and corn to Woodstock again. Weird decision, guys. Weird decision. So that is, do you, do you know what that documentary is called? I believe it's just called Woodstock 99. It's on Netflix. Netflix produced, so it's the only way you're, you're going to be able to watch it. But. I know there was an HBO doc on that as well. Um, I wonder how different that one is. But, um, yeah, I've always been really fascinated by that show. Um, Especially coming after Woodstock 94, which did seem to be, like, aside from the whole, like, mudslide um, element (laughs) to it, it did seem to be, like, a lot more. Like, the the bands that they picked were, I feel like, a lot more in keeping with the... (laughs) the spirit of Woodstock 69 who was right at Woodstock 69 like what I, like I know it was like a hippie like but like, like you got Jimi Hendrix you got like um Janis Joplin just, yeah like more like peace and love bands was Simon and Garfunkel there is that too too early let, let me see um, let me look at like, the it was much more like a communal like you know they weren't like selling food they were bringing food and like making it for people and right it was i mean and there were drugs obviously but like the kind that like bring you down not like (laughs) i've got got the full lineup of the original woodstock here richie havens swami satcha danada oh yeah there was Uh, a whole like uh like meditation station at the original one sweetwater bert summer tim harden robbie shankar uh, yep. The uh, the sitar player, who is I believe he's um oh his his daughter uh, is Nora Jones right? Is she? I think. I want to wow. say yes. Okay, I'll believe you. I might have made that up for some yeah. reason. His daughter Nora Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Melanie, I don't know who Melanie is. Arlo Guthrie okay. and Joan Baez. That was that was night. Well, that was day one. Uh, okay. Of, Joan Baez. Uh, then the second day was Quill, Country Joe McDonald, Santana, oh. John Sebastian, Keith Hartley Band, The Incredible String Band, Canned Heat. Canned Heat, I've heard of. Mountain, Grateful Dead, okay. Creedence Clearwater Revival, yep. Yep. Janis Joplin. All right. Sly mm-hmm. and the Family Stone. Okay. The Who. 
Oh. Awesome. And closing it out uh, with Jefferson Airplane. Okay. So a strong, okay. a strong, strong run from, from Grateful Dead through Jefferson Airplane. My God. I mean, uh, then finally, the last day is Joe Cocker, Country Joe and the Fish, 10 years after The Band. Yep. Uh, Johnny Winter, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Oh, so Paul cool. Butterfield, Blues Band, Sha Na Na, and closing out with Jimi Hendrix. Yep. Because that was the one where he did the, like, the, uh, not Pledge of Legions, one of <laughs> The uh, national um, anthem. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. National anthem. Yeah. The like, but as like kind of a protest, and it was like you know dirty and like guitar sound. You know, like the he did that. Rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Wyclef Jean did the same thing at ninety nine, but um, the spirit was not there because I don't think anyone was old enough to know that reference. And he also said, "Go ahead and throw bottles now." And so they just threw all their plastic bottles at him, and so they trashed the place. Uh, Wyclef, I, why is what I would say to that. Um, strange choice to tell people to throw bottles at you. But then they just started throwing bottles at everybody. Like, one funny part was Carson Daly was trying to, like, say some stuff, and I think Carson Daly's an idiot. So yeah. they were just pelting him with bottles, and he's like, this is wild, Woodstock. And it's like, get out of here. Get out of here, Carson Daly. It's good. It's good. It's like a weird peek into that time. I don't know. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It took me back. I really liked to see the bands of the time, even though some of them were terrible um, and did terrible things. Limp Bizkit, I'm looking at you, Fred Durst. You're kind of a dipshit. Um, But like, you know, what a time capsule. Limp Bizkit was a cool band at one time. I will not deny as embarrassing as it is that I like them, some of their songs, but like Fred Durst is just a piece of shit. <laughs> like he's a bad person. He makes wow. bad choices. Wow. What did he do? Um, He told the crowd to break stuff. Like there's a whole song about it. And when they started like literally taking down um, like the giant like poles and stuff that hold up speakers and lights, they had to be rushed off stage and Fred Durst, all he had to say to the camera was like, uh, yeah, this isn't our fault. And it was like, but it was. <laughs> but you you did that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just he seems like an idiot. I don't know. Go watch the documentary. You'll see. He sucks. <laughs> all right. Maybe we'll do that. Uh, but to do that, we got to get out of here. So uh, for Megan and for Jenny, I'm Andy. Thank you all for listening to another edition of... Elite beat. Elite beat. E E elite beat.